Hello, everybody. We are in the book of Ecclesiastes, or the preacher. We're in chapter 5. And we're talking about uh, the house of God here. This is back when, in, of course, Solomon's temple was built. And we're talking about the riches. And uh, we go over this, the carnal and the uh, spiritual and what is good for a person under the sun. So here we are in chapter 5. It says here, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Okay, now look here. Here they are doing their sacrifices in there. And yet they're evil here, it's being said. So these people, according to this scripture, um, he sent us back to 1 Samuel, okay, and that's with, uh, the, uh, you know, Samuel first got his start there in the tabernacle, Um and there was big problems there, okay? There was uh, the two sons of Eli, and they were uh, busy oppressing all the people. So here we're talking about that. We're talking about the uh, vanities that are right there in the temple. And uh, here he's talking about just keep your ears open. And this sacrifice of fools is somebody that goes through the ceremonial gobbledygook and keeps on sinning. Uh, they're harmonizing this with 1 Samuel 15, Psalms. Um, well, it's actually 1 Samuel 15 and 22. Uh, Psalms 58 and Proverbs 15, 8 and 21 and 27 as we harmonize that through the translators there. Okay? So you just kind of keep your mouth shut and... Uh, Keep your ears open and watch the people with their religiosity that is foolishness. It is a vanity here. It's in two. It says, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. And he, he taught this over and over. Keep your ears open. Now, if you're busy talking all the time, you can't hear. Uh, there's some people that the words just fall out and the brain is not engaged at all. Uh, it's like some a a speed addict or something. They're just flapping their gums and twitching around. They don't learn that way. Okay, you got to, there's a time to speak. Remember, and there's a time to hold your tongue there in the earlier chapter of a time and a purpose under heaven, okay? And here he's advising you to keep your ears open and make your words count, but let them be few here in two. In three, it says, For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words, okay, and that's really a disease. There, I've, I've known people 
They've never opened this Bible, and they'll stand there and just argue. They've gotten something off the History Channel or off the Internet. There's every kind of wacko on the Internet. There really is. Big-name wackos. In fact, the bigger the name, the more the wacky. It really, It is really amazing to watch. And a good way to learn is to listen and watch what other people do. Uh, and surely... The voice of the fool is known by the multitude of his meaningless gobbledygook words. In forces, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. And in this case, um, we're looking at the law. That's why the uh, translators are sending us to the 23rd chapter of Deuteronomy of verse uh, 11. And this was, uh, you, you know, you were uh, tilling the ground or whatever, and you promised a certain uh, tithe there to the Lord. And if you do that, let's say you were going to give them a... Uh, uh, so many measures of meal or whatever your tithe was, uh, don't don't backslide on your word ever, and especially to God Almighty. Uh, Christ said it's better not to vow. It's better not to give oaths, okay? Uh, in 5, though, he, he adds something to that. He says, better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. And I, I agree that uh, this goes for every day. Uh, the old timers used to say, uh, you're as good as your word. And it was important back in the old days with the uh, moral compass to keep your word to other people. And people would feel guilty if they didn't keep their word. And today, the, the words just fall out all over the place. You never know what to believe with many people, whether they are even ever going to remember what they said, as the memory today is suffering for a multiple of reasons, okay? Six, it says, Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice, and destroy the work of thine hands, question mark. Okay, so watch your words here. And uh, here your mouth is leading the pack. It's leading your flesh to sin. And here you are saying it before God's creature there. And uh, making up an excuse that was just an error. Uh, that's trouble right there. Okay, and look at this angelic creature here. Okay, and uh, out of all that, you're taking a chance on making God angry, and that's not where you want to be. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't want him uh, chastising you if you're a believer, and if you're an unbeliever, you're in big trouble anyway. So you're making it worse. In 7, it says, For in the multitude of dreams and many words... There are also diverse vanities, but fear thou God. Now, that's the 
whole beginning of wisdom right there, fear in the Lord. Notice here that uh, through all the business and everything, the dreams are just coming. Uh, the occultists and the psychologists, uh, they both have this uh, interpreting of dreams, and every dream has, a, has this uh, knowledge that they're trying to get out of it, and they call it science even. Uh, but it's it's mystic in nature, and it goes way back. This uh, if a dream's given by God, you'll know it. Okay, it's not going to be your normal dream. Many people have fooled themselves through dreams, and when we get to Ecclesiasticus or the Wisdom of Shrock next, he's going to go into the dream state. How people get into this trance, this dream state, and it opens up the corridor the porthole to the other dimension. It sure does. That's what the sorcerer, that's what the witch doctor does. They fall into a trance with their eyes open, and it ain't from God, all right? So there's that on the dreams, and we got to be careful to not make more out of the dreams than what they really are. In a new paragraph in 8, it says, If thou seest the oppressing of the poor and violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter, for he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they, period. So you see, this is just the way it is. The poor are always oppressed. The rich hate the poor. <laughs> and this Darwinian world we live in today, uh, the poor have to go, you see. They are stupid, and they're not evolving into the new age. They're not ready to take their quantum leap into the new age, so we'll just uh, get rid of them, give them a little help into the uh, other dimension of death. Okay, uh, but uh, so this goes on, the... Uh, Wolf chasing the sheep goes on, and all of this is going to be judged someday. There's a high, most high of all highs, and that's God Almighty. That's the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and all judgments coming through who? Through Jesus Christ, that's who. Nine is another paragraph. It says, moreover, the prophet of the earth is for all. The king himself is is served by the field. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. Okay? So here you got the worldly stuff, right? And your heart's never full. Yeah. You're always... Uh, wanting more and more and more of the greedy grub worm. And he always wants more, and he never has enough. And in the end, it's just what? Vanity. Sure it is. Okay, uh, 11 more on this subject. It says, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof? Saving the beholding of them with their eyes. Question mark. So you stack up 
You stack up money all the way to the moon and back, and you're still not satisfied. You're sitting there looking at your uh, great wealth you have. See, you're so wise. Well, the Bible says that all that wealth can make you a fool. How do you like that? But here, that don't mean to be lazy and not work. <laughs> okay? Listen to this. Now, Joseph Prince just did a uh, sermon and says, just go ahead and not work and be lazy. <laughs> I'm serious. The guy's a whack job. He sure is. But go ahead. Don't work. You know? No. But here we say in 12 from King Solomon, we'll listen to him instead. Okay? <laughs> The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep, period. So, you see, here we are laboring. We're not millionaires. We're obeying God, whether we work with our hands, and I don't care what our work is. We try to do it with zeal. And then there's the laboring in the Lord. And that has the uh, great um, benefit to our soul, okay? And so there's all that. But even at that, if you're swinging a pick and a shovel, it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. And uh, say you work construction, you get to see what you've done that day. It's a good feeling to know that you're laboring for good and your sleep is sweet here. 13, there is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, capital S, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt, period. That's right, you can fix your heart on those riches, and you can say, who is God, right? Because you're proud, and you're arrogant, and you're better than everyone, the rich man, and there's all those temptations to drag you down. Okay, so it can be a bad trap. And uh, riches kept can really, really destroy someone spiritually. Okay. 14, it says, But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begotteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. I go back to his son, Rerobolam, and he was, he was not wise. We'll put it like that. He, was, uh, on the, he jumped to the other side of the fence, Rerobolam. At that point, that was a terrible time for uh, the sons of Jacob. It just was Jeroboam and Rerobolam and the calf that went to Bethel and Dan. 15, as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hand. Okay, and I knew they were going to harmonize this with Job. So they're giving us, let's see here, Job 1, 2, 2, 1 Timothy 6, Seven, Psalms forty nine seventeen. Okay. All right. Uh, 
in 16, it says, And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labor, labored for the wind? Okay. Now uh, your, your, your rich is up in smoke. Right? Uh, I don't care how great of an empire you would build, it decays. And if you fix your heart on it, it is what? It's a vanity. So there's no profit in this to the wind. And then there's the spiritual wind, okay? Christ said uh, the spirit, spiritual world, as he's describing it to the Sadducees, he said it's like the wind. You don't see it, but you can tell it's moving. It's a spiritual world that you are not privy to, the wind. And here comes Satan in his uh, satanic circles, and they say he is the god of the wind. He has no sacred name. So he has the many names, okay, <laughs> whether it's Pan, Baal, Bell, Satan, Lucifer. Uh, they're all names, and he has no sacred name. He's the god of the wind. Okay, so that's just another secondary meaning. Food for thought for everybody. In 17, all his days also he eateth in darkness, and he, and he hath much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. Okay, so look at this. It's actually affecting his health now. Here. Uh, that looks like physical health. 18, it says, and with a new paragraph mark, Behold that which I have seen. It is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Okay, now there it is within its parameters. You're not fixing your hard on the things that you're doing, uh, the bricks that you laid, the stones that you laid, the, 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 the uh, house that you built. You're, you're not fixing your heart there. Everything in its place, okay? And so God gives you this life. He gives you the opportunity, the health, the wisdom, the labor. Whatever you do, you do it with zeal. And at the end of the day, you enjoy your life that God gave you when you can. All right? It ain't going to be a... It's not going to be a free ride everywhere you go. Okay? It's not going to be every minute is a joy. There's going to be some suffering no matter who you are. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulation. But in the end, it's your portion, folks. And if you, you enjoy what you can. Like we enjoy reading the Bible, don't we? Okay, we sure do. 19. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion, and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. So you see, you're able to enjoy your riches. You don't have to self-flatulate. Is that what it's called? And you don't have to suffer 24-7. You have your portion. And it's a gift from God. Your life is. 
and so much more. He gave you the gift of life, and you will gladly give your life for God, won't you? I know you will out there, folks. 20, it says, For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. Okay, so those that gift is going to come. It's going to go. That's not going to be something that you're going to dwell on for eternity, that you won a state championship in basketball in the next world. That ain't going to matter at all. Okay, so again, the vanities, the things that are in this world, the physical things, they're a gift from God. You're able to do them, uh, and uh, you're not fixing your heart on them, so they're not going to be a, a stumbling block like it would be for some occultists that the same gift they would abuse and turn it into a vanity, into a sin, into a stumbling block. Nope. We take everything in its time and place under heaven, right? Now, what the song said there, there's, there's a time for every purpose under heaven, is there not? Okay, and uh, we go on in six here. It says, there is an evil which I have seen under the sun, capital S, and it is common among men. A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. Okay? So you see, there's where power and riches can all be abused to your downfall. Uh, you're, you're hoarding up riches. You actually don't even want, you want the power that goes along with being rich. Many of those rich people are occultists. They just are. And so they're, they're really messed up. The riches are all stumbling blocks for them. They're not enjoying the works of their hands. Okay, um, and here, this is a stumbling block, block, and it's actually uh, the similitude of an evil spiritual disease here in verse 2 in chapter 6. In verse 3 in chapter 6, new paragraph, it says, If a man begat an hundred children and lived many years so that the days of his years be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. Okay? For he cometh in with vanity and departeth in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, capital S, nor known anything. This has more, more rest than the other. All right, now look here. Uh, this person, he's got the carnal stuff. He's got children, okay? But are they good children? That's the question. If you have rotten children that don't believe in the Lord, what do you have? And... Even though you have the worldly things, 
your soul is not filled with good. So we have to have that spiritual good, no matter whether we're prince or pauper. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay, so uh, he's telling you that even though you're in this flesh, okay, uh, you're uh, not being filled with good, then what is going to be the end of your life? Okay, what, what, what good is any amount of wealth or poorness if you don't know the Lord, if you don't fear God first and keep his commandments? That's the whole doctrine in itself. Okay. And notice he's, he was in vanities from the word go. And he never leaves. Look here, he's in darkness. All right. Now, what's, what's going to be, you think his memorial is going to last forever? It won't when he's down in hell, will it? All right. And, uh, so you're better not to never come into the flesh than you are to end up in darkness, in the darkness of the chains of darkness, okay? All right, so we chewed that up a little bit. Is that clear, uh, table people? They say yes. In 6, it says a new paragraph, Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good, do not all go to one place. All right, and that is the uh, judgment seat. There's going to be the sheep on the right, goats on the left. You're going to go back to dust. Your flesh is, no matter what. Whether it's a thousand years, whether it's ten years, whether it's a day, it doesn't matter. You're going to Sheol, and we all get the judgment. Where do we end up? That's the question. Do we end up with Jesus Christ or not? That's the question. All right. They go to one place here, and that is Sheol. Um, like the rich man, poor man, Lazarus. All the labor, in seven, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. Okay, so there's your carnal people. They never quit lusting. They always want more. All right, now here's a question. It says, for what hath the wise more than the fool? Question mark. What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Okay. So what, what we're saying here, what do we have more than the fool? Well, we have salvation. We have the wisdom and understanding that God gives us. We have the gift of the doctrine here, a complete miracle. As we study the, the great gathering there in 1611, started in 1500, went all the way to 1600, and all the uh, documentation that was spread around the world by the apostles, the Textus Receptus, it is a miracle we have this doctrine. So when it comes to that, we have a big advantage to all of life and afterlife because we have the doctrine and you can have that even if you're poor okay you don't have to have money to know the lord right absolutely right the sermon on the mound say so he explains all that 
9 is a new paragraph again. It says, better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. So you see the wandering of the eyes, that is excess lust, is it? You're lusting after the world. You're lusting after the things of the flesh. And those things will drag you out of the spirit. And as Paul said, stay in the spirit. The flesh is weak. Here's more on that here in 9. In uh, a new paragraph, Mark in 9, but it goes on in 10. That which hath been is named already, and it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. All right. So, you're talking about prophecy. The things that in the past, the Alpha and the Omega, past, present, and future. And it is known that it is man, okay? And we are the focal point of all this down here. We are God's treasure. We, we certainly are. And there's no contending with God Almighty. All right, there just isn't. He knows what he's doing. He has it all under control. He sure does. And, you know, Satan being the powerful fallen angel, uh, he's held back by the hand of God. He sure is. And if it wasn't for that, we would get mowed over by Satan. But when God allows him to uh, contend with us, okay, it's one of our trials. And we're going to pass that. And it's a big advantage to have this doctrine laying here for us to read and study. And we have the education, don't we, folks? And uh, what a joy it is to learn. In 11 is another paragraph, Mark. It says, seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? Question mark. For who knoweth what is good for a man in his life all the days of his vain life, which he spendeth as a shadow? For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Question mark. Okay, now he's going to answer these questions here, folks. And that's the last verse of the podcast here, but he's going to answer many of these questions that you're getting here. Okay, as he's asking these questions, we don't stop, we read on. And he is going to explain here when we get into chapter 7, he's going to answer many of these questions. And it's just a matter, folks, of uh, just uh, taking our time, and uh, we'll read on, and we'll see you there.